A parliamentary select committee has recently completed an inquiry into congestion pricing and unanimously recommended that the government proceed with legislation. A congestion charge would likely apply to motorists entering the centre of Auckland during peak traffic hours, but mayors from other cities have expressed interest in introducing a charge themselves. Today on Taxpayer Talk, we're joined by National MP Christopher Luxon, who participated in the inquiry, to explain more. So Christopher, what exactly was the function of this inquiry, and how likely are we to see legislation come out of it? Well, hey, Louis, good to be with you today. Um, Look, it was an inquiry by the Transport and Infrastructure Select Committee, as you said, uh, on an issue that's actually been talked about for some time. That is that Auckland fundamentally has been growing very fast. We have major congestion problems in Auckland. I think the average time lost to congestion over a year by the average motorway user in Auckland is about 95 hours, which you think about all the lost productivity around that. You look at similar sized cities like Perth and Brisbane, and yet, you know, they have much less congestion. I think we're ranked 47th in the world now for congestion. And so congestion has become a major problem. And one of the things that's been sitting out there for a long time, it's been discussed at least for the last five years in New Zealand, some form or another, has been this introduction of congestion pricing. And we have seen that work in different parts around the world, London, uh, certainly in Sweden, Stockholm, Gothenburg. uh, And we also met with a team from Vancouver, actually, who were looking at implementing it very, very shortly there too. So the idea is that actually congestion pricing can be one of the things that removes congestion. And if you can imagine it, the goal needs to be sort of, you know, 8 to 12% reduction in congestion, which would make, you know, Auckland City feel a bit more like it does during the school holidays. And so um, that's the work that the, uh, the Select Committee did, which was an inquiry. We had 454 people make submissions, organisations, as well as individuals, um, and really tried to get to a place of, you know, is this something that A, New Zealanders would be up for? But more importantly, is it something that could be used to solve congestion challenges in Auckland? I think Mm. it is. I'm just thinking about a potential analogy. Um, In other industries, it's quite normal for us to pay higher prices uh, during times of peak demand. For example, at the airline, obviously the airline sector, um, at peak hours, you expect to pay more. Uh, And the flip side of that is you might get a discount if you're willing to fly off peak. Is that a fair analogy? That's a great analogy. And and having run in New Zealand for seven or eight years, that was exactly what I was trying to do as well, so that you could reach as many people as possible, but those that were less consistent, you know, less worried about time, uh, that was an option for them. It was quite interesting because um, when the AA did some research on this as part of the submission process, they said to us that if, you know, what we, we asked, they asked the question, what would people do if they were confronted with a congestion charge or a pricing charge? And they said 70% of people said they'd try and take some routes that would avoid it, <laughs> which was clever. Mm-hmm. Um, 51% of people said exactly what you said, which is they'd change their travel time 39% said they'd probably use public transport more more and 39% said they'd work from home more which a lot of us are doing in a post-COVID world anyway so again what we're trying to manage here is that during the peak time between seven and nine o'clock in particular although Auckland I would put it to you can be busy uh, most most days at most times um, if we can move that traffic or incent behavior change either onto different modes of transport, either to delay trips into work um, and do it at different times. Um, those are things that would you know, lead to that 8 to 12% uh, loss in, in congestion, which would be a good thing. So you're very clear, and the inquiry report was also fairly clear too, that this is about managing congestion, not yeah. about 
raising revenue, but it will raise revenue, won't it? I mean, I think of a lot of our members will look at this and see it as a blatant, a blatant example of a new tax. Is it a new tax? Well, look, I, I think the thing, way we've got to think about it is, first of all, you're, you're right. I mean, we've got to get really clear about what problem are we trying to solve for. And even in the submission process and the select committee discussions, you know, there was a whole bunch of conversation. Well, actually, by introducing congestion charges, should we be incenting, you know, low emission um, zones for low, low, you know, EVs, for example? And you just start to end up mixing up the drinks. All right, now how do we deal with all the inequities that exist with different people across different stratas of society in, in, in Auckland? And all of a sudden you start making something horribly, you know, that was simple, quite complex. And so the focus of this thing has to be fundamentally about how do we drive behavioural change to lessen congestion? And it shouldn't be about revenue raising uh, as a tax. I think a big part of this and the feedback was crystal clear is that you couldn't introduce congestion pricing in Auckland if you were going to continue with the regional fuel tax. Uh, you have to poleaxe that. Um, I think that would be a great thing to get rid of um, because it certainly hasn't benefited many of my constituents out in East Auckland who haven't had any public transport invested there and certain yet and certainly haven't got anything for it. So mm-hmm. the idea would be regional fuel tax goes away, congestion pricing comes in, but it can't be another tax. That money has to be used, I think, and hypothecated very, very strongly towards um, you know public transport options options or, or to other roading projects that we desperately need funded. Um, yeah, so that's, think... that's kind of the tension here, though, is that you have on, right. on one hand talked about reducing the fuel tax, uh, and the report itself does suggest research into the removal of the fuel tax. But alongside that recommendation is a very clear recommendation to also use the funds to invest in public and active transport. Surely the more we, we raid these funds for the sake of public transport projects, the less capacity there is to reduce the fuel tax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just I just don't think you could maintain, I mean, I think even Auckland Council's own view, the Mayor's own view would be that you couldn't, you know, you wouldn't justify keeping a regional fuel tax, which was designed to fund public roading and, and, and transport projects in Auckland, whether it has or hasn't, is a different conversation. But, um, but yeah, my view, look, at, at you know, what we're really focused on is reducing congestion. If it's just a big tax grab, it's not going to be appropriate. I mean, in different parts of the world, you're talking about two euros for some of the Swedish schemes, you know, is what it costs at, at different fees that are put on at different half-hourly rates um, across the day. So, um, yeah, from my point of view, it's just, look, you know, we've, we've got a congestion problem, and this is one of the tools that we've seen work around the world. Let's adopt it, adapt it, make it work for uh, Auckland, which is now a large world-class city, um, but has got uh, an abysmal track record on congestion. So, yeah, but I understand mm. the tension you're talking about. Yep. Do you think there is something of a disconnect between uh, Parliament's perspective on this issue and the perspective of local politicians? Because I was looking at, uh, for example, uh, the Greater Wellington Regional Council. They put out a statement which was very strongly in favour of congestion charging, but they weren't actually talking about congestion. They were talking about the revenue that this policy yeah. would yeah. raise. And that's why, that's why personally, um, I think those councils have a lot of stuff to get organised and a lot more professionalism, better prioritisation, um, better, uh, you know, offering value for money for the things that they're doing. And if they just think it's a, it's a revenue grab, we, we, we don't give it to them. Um, I think there's only really one city we're fixated on at the moment that is genuinely scaled and big enough that really is the thing that we've got to sort through, in my own view. It's Auckland, you know, because um, if Wellington's thinking about it being a, a revenue grab, that's exactly the issue at the moment. That's a council that has 
not invested in its water infrastructure sufficiently. It's gone off and built vanity projects above the ground mm. and it's got dysfunctional dynamics and it's ended up running itself really poorly. And so, um, you know, you, you know, there's sort of rights and responsibilities. You know, um, we want to see a de- demonstrable uh, congestion problem. We want to see that councils have been doing everything they possibly can as efficiently as possible with the money that the ratepayers have given them um, before they start looking at this as a, as a revenue piece. And I think that's a very good point. We'd need to make it very, very clear and, and have a very um, precise set of problems around what we're trying to solve for. The thing that I'm interested in is, you know, at the moment, you know, you'll hear a lot from the government, a big focus around emissions, right? And those emissions yes. budgets and targets for emissions in Auckland City, transport projects, et cetera. But we don't have really well-defined targets around congestion targets, you know, for Auckland, and we don't measure mm-hmm. against them. And so our focus is on emissions rather than convenience. And I think we need to be really clear in the area of transport that we are here to convenience people and we are trying to make things so that they can live their daily lives better, getting around for work, study, play, whatever. Um, and that's really what we should be uh, focused on at the moment. Um, you know, Mill Road getting stopped because it's an emissions profile problem or it ended up blowing out the emissions profile of the budget, just to me, seems the wrong thing. We, we, we have to focus yep. on making, you know, convenience an issue, not 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 emissions at this point. Yeah, um, that was um, going to be my last question, but I think we've actually got into it now, which is, um, is there a risk when you have local councils talking about the revenue, you have other government bodies talking about emissions, that people... Um, members of the public become cynical about this policy uh, because they no longer see it as a tool to manage congestion. Surely that's going to be, a, if the National Party, for example, is supporting this policy, that's a huge challenge for you guys to communicate that this is about congestion and not a new tax. Correct, absolutely. And you know, to get public buy-in to these, you know, to congestion pricing is the number one thing you have to do. So when when we've spoken to everybody who's had successful schemes around the world, um, the Swedes were interesting. Gothenburg, Stockholm, you know, Vancouver. Not Vancouver, actually, very similar sort of skinny island water sort of layout to us in many ways. Um, what they have done an exceptionally good job on is getting buy-in from the public as to why they're doing that. And when you do that, you get very focused on what problem you're trying to solve for. And I think sometimes in New Zealand, we have way too many solutions in search of a problem, you know, um, mm-hmm. and we see that on three waters at the moment. That's another one that's just, a you know, an absolute debacle. But um, Yeah, we you might know, get so, you back to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I could speak. All night talking about that one because that is, uh, you know, that is really a very, very frustrating um, set of proposals there that I think is literally laundering assets from local democracy and local control and putting it into faceless bureaucratic um, mm. centralized organizations that won't work. So I think I think we will get you back then. <laughs> now, now, just just the last little loose end here. You, you've spoken here about. Um, the need for councils to not simply use this as a revenue source uh, and to prevent them from raiding the fund and to even encourage them perhaps to find efficiencies in spending in other ways. Mm. Are you saying that there is a that there are specific provisions that we can insert into legislation to limit the extent to which councils raid this fund? Well, I think we would want to make sure that is really brutally clear to everybody about what this money is for and what it's not for. Um, our experience has been, as you say, mission creep with councils and with governments in general around what funds have been, you know, often hypothecated or not hypothecated, said they'll be used for these purposes, then aren't used for those purposes. Yes. And um, and so we need to we need to be really ruthlessly clear and have that locked down big time in legislation um, because, you know, generally what we're trying to solve for, the problem we're trying to correct and 
and we need to get into problem solution thinking in New Zealand more as we deal with these issues is we're trying to solve congestion in Auckland City. That's the problem. And so we know we think we can get an 8 to 12% um, improvement in congestion. We think we can get it back to 2016 levels, but we need to measure it. Um, we need to be really clear about then where that money goes. Um, a lot of people, interestingly, Louis, were saying that in the submissions, you know, well, Let's not introduce this until we get our public transport system, you know, set up completely. And a lot of the advice around the world is you never arrive at a perfectly delivered public transport system anyway. So you've sort of got to start doing this at the same time as building that transport. Uh, and ultimately, as the city gets bigger, and as I observed when I used to live in Sydney, you know, for six years, you know, as that city got denser and went up, um, you know, people did move and mode shift from cars into public transport, um, which was a good thing um, for a big city. And so that's the sort of that we've got to make happen here as well. But, you know, ideologically sort of founded statements around shifts of mode transport, um, all because, um, and a focus on emissions over conveniencing, you know, some of that logic from yes. the government's been a bit all over the place, to be honest. Yes, and um, I'm sure our members who are, who may be paying this charge would hope that it's the people that pay the charge who benefit. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's right. So, I mean, I think, you know, but we need to make really clear, you know, clarity around what it is, what it isn't, uh, lock it down in legislation for what purposes and, and to go forward that way. For sure. And last question, you, you are clearly generally supportive of the policy and um, I, I would guess that National is as well. If you're generally supportive of the policy, does that mean you are still willing to walk away from the legislation or withdraw your support? Oh, if it absolutely. certain criteria? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had a big chat within our caucus room. We are not interested in this becoming a revenue grab and a, and a revenue exercise. This is about behavioural change around congestion. And so at any point in time, we didn't feel that legislation coming through in the right way. Um, absolutely, we would oppose it. So okay. um, we're at this very early stage where the inquiry has now been completed. Uh, I've actually come off the Transport and Infrastructure Committee and, and been assigned to the um, Finance and Expenditure one just in the last week or so. Okay. But, um, but going forward... Now this will go into, I guess, you know, thinking about drafting some potential legislation. I think the challenges here are quite tough. You've got to really make sure it's delivering the problem that we just talked about. Um, you've also got to work out how you take the Auckland people along with you and they buy into what we're trying to do. Because when you've got low trust of councils, when only 40%, you know, 25% of people trust councils in New Zealand, you yeah. know, 40, 40% uh, show up to actually bother to vote, um, you know, you need to be reassuring them that you're going to do the right thing by them and you will get secure an outcome of reduced congestion and you'll also manage that money well. So um, there's a long way to go on this one. Um, yes. But in principle, at a conceptual level, um, from what I've seen around the world, yes, we're, we're supportive, but uh, the devil will be in the detail for sure. We will be very interested in the detail of the legislation and obviously there will be a consultation process around any legislation and I suspect our 100,000 supporters will be keen to participate in that. Absolutely. No, listen, now, well, thanks for your interest in the area. I really appreciate it, Louis. Thank you so much for your time today. The Taxpayer Talk podcast is made possible by the tens of thousands of New Zealanders who join or support the Taxpayers Union at taxpayers.org.nz. Constructive feedback is welcome via podcast at taxpayers.org.nz. And don't forget to hit subscribe or even give us a five-star review on your podcast app. <laughs>